Good morning, Reading Family Church, and Happy New Year. I think I can still say that. Happy New Year. Um, I'm so happy to be with you this morning, and I'm going to be continuing the sermon series that we started last week on the presence of God, and um, Andy laid a very good foundation that we lost the presence of God at Eden, and today I'm going to be focusing on the tent of meeting the tabernacle and just see what we can draw from that to our present-day reality. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this wonderful morning. Thank you because your presence is here. Thank you for how clearly you've spoken to us from the songs about what you did on the cross on Calvary, your death and resurrection, paid the ultimate price for our sins and gave us access to the, to the Holy of Holies. We are grateful for what you did. And thank you, Lord, for that word that fear has been overcome by your death and resurrection. There's no need to fear. Thank you for your presence that's clearly been with us. As we continue with the service, we just ask that you continue the good work that you have started in us, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, my text for this morning is Exodus 33 from verse 7 to 11. It's going to come up on the screen behind me, and I'd like us to read it together. Um, three, two, go. Now Moses used to take the tent and pitch it outside the camp, far from the camp. Anyone inquiring of, of the Lord will go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrances, watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. And whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and worshipped, each at the entrance to their tent. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp. But his young age, Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Amen. From last week, we saw that ever since man lost the presence of God, access to the presence of God at the Garden of Eden, God had started a restorative plan to bring us back to that place. And all through scripture, we see various expressions of this restore, restorative plan. And in our text today, we're on the tent. You know, sometime I think next we will look at the temple. There are various things God was doing until it was completed in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was the one that, you know, fulfilled bringing us back to that Eden. And, and I just felt this morning that it would just be good for us to take each verse and just see what we can glean from it. Verse 7 says, now Moses used to take the tent and pitch it outside. So it was a custom. He used to. He used it's a habit. It was a discipline. He always did this. So I, I, I feel that God was trying to remind us this morning, it's what is that habit of cultivating his presence that maybe you used to, and maybe you're no more doing it. And he's like, wants to call you back into it. He used to. Outside the camp suggests away from distractions. So Moses was always taking the tent of meeting outside the camp to meet with God. Oftentimes, you will need to wean yourself from distractions to meet with God. There's so many distractions in our world today, so many distractions. 
that is trying to compete with us spending time with God. But Moses had this discipline that he takes it out. He takes the camp, I mean, the tent out of the, I mean, outside and go away from destruction. Everyone who sought the Lord, his presence would go out. So there was an effort, an action from everyone who, who sought the Lord. Before we go further to the next verses, I just wanted to show us just a picture of, of the tent, you know, the tent of meeting, the tabernacle. And you can see there that the, where you see the ram, it's the front of the outer court, the altar, and the alt, altar incense and, and the tabernacle. The next slide is going to show us a very detail. So the first thing we see at the tabernacle, the furniture in the tabernacle, is the altar of, of burnt offering. And, um, and it reminds us that we can only approach God through worship. We can only, only approach God through worship, through atonement, through, through forgiveness of our sins. You know, the first thing when you enter the tent is to address sin. Because remember, sin was what took us out. So the first, so it's instructive that the first furniture in the tent of meat is an altar to address sin. So typically, you saw the rams in the previous picture are slaughtered and offered as a sacrifice for an atonement of people's sins. And that's what happens in that place. It signifies restoration, forgiveness. So the, 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 all the lambs are slain. And, and it just points to Jesus because in John 1, 29, it says the, nec- it says the next day, verse 1, they say, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. I don't know where you are maybe this morning following Jesus. Maybe you have not made the commitment to follow Jesus. Can I invite you to do that? Because Jesus has paid the ultimate sacrifice. So there's no need for lambs to be slain anymore. And that's why today, followers of Jesus, we don't slay lambs. You know, where you commit any, we don't have to do that anymore. Because Jesus is the lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. So that's the first furniture in the, in the tabernacle. The second one is the basin, the bronze basin. This is typically where the priests, Aaron, Moses, and Aaron, his sons, they wash themselves. So the priest normally will wash himself in this basin before he comes to offer this, I mean, the, sac- the lambs on the altar. So it's a place for cleansing. So before you, he performs any ceremonial activity in the tabernacle, he has to wash themselves in this basin. And it reminds me of what Jesus does in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26. It says, that, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word. That's what Jesus does. Every furniture in the tent of tabernacle was point, is pointing to Jesus. Now, and this is very instructive because to access the presence of God, to restore us back to what we lost in Eden, is only through Jesus. No other way. You know when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father except by me. Amen. The next, so, so the, 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 the tabernacle is divided into three. So the court, in the court we see the altar of burnt offering, the basin. Then we have the holy place, you know, and that's where we have the table of presence or the table of bread and the lampstand and the altar of incense. Then the final holy of holies where we have the ark of covenants. So let's move to the holy place. In the holy place, we have the table of presence. 
And, and, and in that place, it says it's used to carry the bread. Usually, 12 bread are placed on the table of presence. The, the 12 bread are replaced every Sabbath. So they are always replaced every Sabbath. And it just signifies Jesus, the bread of life. You know, he said in John 6, 35, I am the bread of life. Represents sustenance. You know, so all this in the tabernacle. The lamp, the seven-branch lampstand called the menorah, it's the only source of light in the tabernacle. The olive, it's the only source of light. Reminds me of Jesus again in John 8, 12. It says, again, I speak, I am the light of the world. Amen. He gives direction. The altar of incense, it's where prayers are offered. So the, the, the priest starts as a mediator between God and man and puts an incense prayers. You know, So incense is always going up, representing the prayers of the saints. The beauty is we don't need the priest anymore. Jesus is our high priest, the mediator of the new covenant, Hebrews calls him. Hebrews 7.25, he, he ever lives to make intercession for us. So we don't need any priest anymore to make an intercession for us because Jesus has paid the price. For there's only one God and one mediator between God and man in 1 Timothy 2.5. And that's Jesus. This is the tabernacle. The veil, that veil was torn. The veil was torn. In two, you know, when Jesus was on the cross, to give us access. Previously, the high priest only goes in once a year. And he goes with blood and sprinkles it on the messy seat seven times to serve as an atonement. And usually he has a, a, a shikle in his, in his ankle, you know, with bells. So that he has to be clean. Because if he's not clean, he's going to drop dead. And they have to drag him out because no one can go in. But the veil was torn. So no, we, we all have access Andy said last week, it, the light broke out to the world. And also, we now have access into the Holy of Holies. This is what all the tabernacle is about. So let's go back to our text, verse 8 and 9. Whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people would rise up and would stand at his tent door and watch Moses until he had gone into the tent. When Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent, and the Lord would speak with Moses. So the first thing I want to point out is the posture. All the people stood up when, when Moses was going. Before I even talk about posture, I, while I was reflecting on it, Moses had an expectation to meet with God. So before he, there was like, it's an expectation. So the expectation he had made him to take steps to go outside the camp. And while he was going outside, everyone stood up. So there was an ex collective expectation. Oh, something's about to happen. The question I want to ask you this morning, what's your expectation when you come to God's presence? And the beauty of the new covenant is that we don't need to go to a place because we are the temple. Emmanuel, God with us. That's what Jesus did. So we don't need to go to a place wherever you are. If you can just settle your hearts away from the distractions, the noise, you can talk to God. You can experience heaven and earth. You can commune with the, with the divine. That's the mystery of the Christian faith and the beauty of it as well. Amen. So my question this morning is expectation. What's your expectation when you go, when you, some of us do it in the mornings, you know, you have these habits, you know, the discipline that I talked about. Some of us break time, you have whatever rhythm. 
But the beauty is anytime we can access him. You're driving, you are in the bathroom, you're cooking, you have access. But do you expect it? Do you expect to meet with God? Amen. Position. They stood at the tent of their door. So there's also a posture, position, perspective to watch the presence of God descend. God's voice was guaranteed, as we're going to see in, in, in the next verse. Verse 10. And when all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, all the people would rise up, worship each at the door, you know, each at the tent of his door. I wanted to, I wanted to man, um, I mean, emphasize visible manifestation. Last week, Andy talked about God is everywhere. He said he, the earth is, he's omnipro, omnipresent. He's everywhere at the same time. But the same, his manifest presence is not everywhere. So you won't see God's manifest presence where they are killing people, That's where something evil is happening, where they're seen. Does that make sense? His mani- the manifestation of his presence. Now, as a charismatic church, one of the things we're keen this year to see and for us as collective to experience and as individuals is the manifestation of his presence. is visible. You can't deny it. You know, and please permit me to say it's not limited to just feelings. Oh, warm feelings. Oh, tinglings. Those are great, but that's not all about his presence. His presence, as we're going to see in a minute, is power. It changes things. It's practical. It's wisdom. It manifests in various ways that we must not limit him to mean, oh, it's only when people fall or people, you have this warm feeling. It's part of it, but it's not all of it. And at times you might not have any feeling, but it doesn't mean it's not there. It's visible. That's the point I'm trying to make. You cannot deny it. Verse 11, thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. When Moses turned again into the camp, his assistant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. Divinity met humanity in a recognizable way in the presence of God. There's something I, I just want to emphasize quickly as we, uh, because I want to create some time for us to minister, to pray. The benefits of his presence the first thing I want to say about the benefits of his presence is access to God's voice. I don't know about you, but one of the biggest challenges or one of the greatest assets for any believer is the ability to hear from God. He says, my sheep hear my voice, and you know, they, they follow me. One of the greatest things that can happen to you as a Christian is the ability to hear from God. You get that in his presence. Access to God's voice. The challenge of our generation is there are lots of voices that are speaking. The media, voice of the economy, the voice of your bank account, the voice of, you know, relationships breaking down. So many things become, I mean, cloud our minds in a way that we no longer hear the voice of God. You know, and what you need for your next level, what you need to to, to, to know what to do, direction, is the voice of God. You only access that in his presence. And by the way, remember, you don't need to go anywhere. The presence of God is with you if you're a follower of Jesus. But what we want to see, a manifest 
presence. The, the sin would not allow God's presence manifest in our lives. Sin, you know, sin, if you are not quick to repent from it, you know, at times you can fall into sin, quickly repent from it, don't stay there so that you can experience the manifest presence of God. But if you habitually continue sinning, sin and you're refusing to repent, it becomes a bit tricky, you know. And that's why I want to encourage you the, to covet the, the voice of God. There's this one I like very much, benefits of his presence. 2 Corinthians 2, 4 puts it very succinctly. It says, but thanks be to God who, is, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. That's the presence of God. Radiating his glory. God wants us to spread the fragrance of his presence. There's something about God that you should carry that when you get to a place, the atmosphere should change. People can't explain. They're just, there's something about this person. They can't explain. Is it peace that he manifests? There's just something that's evident. The unbelievers that don't follow you cannot explain it, but you should know that's because of the presence of God I carry. Because that's our mandate. 214, it says he wants to spread the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. There's something about the visible manifestation of God that somehow people see you and they just want to walk with you. They just see you and they, they, they can't explain it, but there's something different about you. It's tangible. It's evident. It cannot be denied. It's, you know, it's, and um, by the way, never you ever think it's who you are. You are what we are by the grace of God. So never think, oh, because I'm good. I'm not. No, it's the grace of God manifesting in your life. So that's what we want to see more of, more of the fruit of the Spirit. Because you can't carry God and not manifest the fruit of the Spirit. You can't carry the visible manifestation of God's presence. And I love this. You can't be angry and be anointed at the same time. Direction. In Psalm 105, verse 39, he spread a cloud for a covering and a fire to give light by night. You remember when they were going in the, ex in the journey from, e uh, from Israel, I mean from Egypt to the promised land. God's presence was like a pillar of cloud by day and a, a pillar of fire by night, giving them direction. One of the benefits of God's presence is direction. You just know what to do. Because when you're in his, in his presence, he speaks to you. You're on a crossroads, you're confused. Lord, what do I do? Isaiah 30 verse 21 puts it beautifully. Say your ear will hear a word saying, behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. That's divine direction. And you get that in the presence of God. There's, a, there's something that if you're confused, anytime you're, you don't know what to do, just, just take away the distractions. Settle your spirit and and enter into his presence, whether through worship songs, whether, and just stay there and try to focus in, on the beauty of his holiness. He's going to give you direction. It might not be immediately there, but somehow he will give you, he will speak to you. That's the beauty about what we have. And my prayer and desire as elders is for us to enjoy this more because we have it. We have it. Amen. Protection. I'm going to read Psalm 114. It's one of my favorite Psalms. 
When Israel, it's can, if you can find it, yeah, thank you. When Israel went out of Egypt, take note of this. When Israel went out of Egypt, the house of Jacob from a people of strange language, Judah became a sanctuary. Israel, his dominion. The sea looked and fled. Jordan turned back. It said the mountains skipped like rams. The hills like lambs. Can I explain this properly? You remember when God was taking them from Egypt to the promised land? This is what he's describing. It says that the sea, Red Sea, saw them and fled. Jordan turned back. Mountains skipped like rams. You know what that means? Maybe there's a mountain. God will go move the mountain before they get there. So the mountains were skipping like rams. Verse 5 asks the question, what ails you, O sea, that you flee? O Jordan, that you turn back. O mountains, that you skip like rams. Look at the answer, 7. Tremble, O earth, at the presence of the Lord. The presence of the Lord was what was making the mountains to skip. The presence of the Lord was what was making the sea to flee. Translated to 2021, 2024, well, this year, the presence of God in your life will make mountains, challenges you face to skip. They can't stay because of the presence of God. That's what you get, protection. It blows my mind. For 40 years they were in the wilderness. The Bible said there was no one feeble amongst them because of the presence of God. Years ago when I saw this scripture, it challenged me to my core. So if I carry the presence of God, there's divine protection. It said there's no one feeble person amongst them. And that's the fifth point I was trying to make. Strength. Provision is another benefit of his presence. 105 verse 40 to 41. They asked and he brought quail. And gave them bread from heaven in abundance. He opened the rock and water gushed out. It flowed through the desert like a river. One thing you can be assured with the presence of God is provision. You remember for 40 years, God fed them. His presence fed them. By the way, they were not sowing. They were not planting. They were not reaping. Remember, quails were coming. The presence of God will sustain you. That's what gives me peace. And confidence. I tell you, if inflation gets to 20%, I'm not worried. Do you know why? His presence will make a way. Because he made a way for the children of Israel. That's, my, that's the heritage I have. That's my roots. So I'm confident. So the voice of the media, the voice of the economy, is not crowding my mind. Because I know that I carry the presence. And he will always make a way where there seems to be no way. I'm going to round up with this thought before we pray. It's not, it's, it's for, for the benefit of those that take notes, just write this Bible verse, 2 Corinthians 3.9. 2 Corinthians 3.9. I'm going to read it. If the tempor, temporary expression was this glorious, what I just painted, what I just described, what we just saw, it says, if the temp- it was a temporary expression, it says, if it was this glorious, how much more now we have Emmanuel and our body as the temple of the living God? I'll say it again. You didn't catch that. If the temporary expression, this glory that we see, 
we see the provision of God, his presence. Day, a pillar of fire by, uh, by night, pillar of cloud by day, sustaining them. The mountains skipped like rams. Forty years, he kept them. These amazing, mind-boggling miracles. But he calls it a temporary expression. If it was this glorious, that's what 2 Corinthians 3, 9 says, how much more now that we have Emmanuel, God with us, and our body as the temple of the living God. How much more? That is challenging. So I want you to be provoked and angry in your spirit in a good way if you're experiencing anything less than what we just said. It, because that's what the word of God is supposed to do, is to challenge us, you know, to encourage us. There's more. Because the temporary expression was this powerful and glorious. How much more? How much more now? So, the, and it, we have access to it now because of Jesus. We have access. Your expectation will determine how much you get from Him. He's done everything. We sang those powerful songs. These are not just songs, they are real. So, the prayers, Lord, if you've given access to all those things, Help me to be conscious. Help me to remember who I am in you, that I carry you, and not think like mere men. Because we are God's. We carry him. Amen. So the first prayer we're going to be praying is for anyone here that has not made a commitment to follow Jesus. The reason is because the best decision you ever make in your life is to decide to follow Jesus. He has paid the price. Sin is a big problem, which we could not pay. And Jesus decided to die and pay, pay the ultimate sacrifice. So if you accept him, it becomes, salvation becomes a gift. I want to pray while we're sitting here, can we just bow our heads? If, there's just, if it's just one person, you've been coming to church, but you've not made a commitment the veil has been torn in two so that you can have access. Is anyone here this morning that wants to make a commitment to become a follower of Jesus? You want to decide to follow him. You've come to, been in church for a while, but you've not made that commitment. Just raise your hand where you are. I'll just say a quick prayer. I'll pray with you. Yes, anybody? This is, you know, God is speaking to you. He wants you to, to come in to the tent, to come into his presence. Anyone? Online? Just for the benefit of those that might watch later, might want to make a commitment to follow Jesus, I would just say the sinner's prayer. If you're, you're making that commitment, just say these words after me. Lord Jesus, today I decide to follow you. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me, my saints. Write my name in the book of life. Wash me with your blood. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. Help me to live the victorious Christian life that your death and resurrection obtained for me. Thank you for dying for my sins. I ask that you forgive me of all my sins. And write my name in the book of life and help me to be your child from now on. I accept the gift of salvation. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. The next prayer I want us to pray, still in a seated position, is for ourselves. So if you have time, read the earlier verse, the first six verses of this chapter was when the children of Israel set up a golden calf. And the golden calf, because Moses was with, 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 with God in, on the mount, and God was so unhappy about it and sent them. And because of that, that you know, and all the response, what we saw in the later verse, Sin is something that stands in the way of we assessing God's presence. Don't forget, I say he's with us every time. But we're talking about the manifest. Are you not hungry to see more of the manifestation of God's presence in your life? I am. And, and we as a church, as elders, we want to see because we know there's more. But oftentimes sin stands in the way. You know, waits. I love the way Hebrews 12 talks about it. It says, let us lay aside every sin and weights that easily besets us. And while I was preparing for this preach, I just felt to create a moment for us to do business with God. You know, where you just, you know, talk to God. and say, God, what is that sin? What is that weight that is not allowing you to see the manifest presence of God? The manifest presence of God at times comes in peace, in the midst of storm. It doesn't make sense. Why are you so peaceful? All hell is breaking loose. You're going through so much. Why are you still singing? It doesn't make sense, but somehow, even at times, you're asking yourself, why am I this calm? All the indices, indicators, there's no, I should be worrying, panicking, and being anxious, but somehow I'm calm. Some are happy. That's the presence of God. It manifests in different ways. And oftentimes, you know, sin just comes and all of a sudden, you don't experience the manifestation anymore. You're just almost like running like you don't have know the child of who you, you are. You're almost like, you, can you imagine Prince Williams just be, behaving like a homeless person, pauper, poor, forgetting he's the son, the, he's the heir. Do you know how times we are like that? God has done everything for us, but we behave like the opposite. Sin, ignorance. You know, at times we forget. Just while you're seated, I don't know what it is, but you know the Holy Spirit is good at doing this. He will point things to you. Can you just, I want to create a minute or two, just talk to God where you are. And say, God, I want to repent from this sin, this weight that is not allowing me to experience your manifest presence. God is a God that responds to desires. You know, it's so the expectation of the righteous, the Bible says, shall not be cut short. God is a God that responds to your hunger. You know, the Beatitudes, one of the sermons on the Mount, Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. It's guaranteed they would be filled. I don't know about you, but I want to create a moment for the ministry of the priesthood of believers for us to pray for one another. And the prayer is very simple. 2024 and beyond, a fresh hunger for the manifestation of God's presence. Because if you don't, are not desirous, you're not hungry for it. I don't know about you. There's, there's more. I know that there's more to my life based on what I've seen in the pages of scriptures. And I want to see it. 
I'm not, I'm not going to settle for anything less than, Je- than all that Jesus died and obtained on the cross for me. I don't know about you, but that should be your hunger and desire. So there's more. So I want you to, be, to have a fresh, radical appetite and hunger for more visible manifestation of God's presence. The apostles had this, the shadow of Peter and Paul. I mean, Paul was healing the sick. It's, that's the presence of God at manifestation. That you just make a casual prayer for someone that's going through a major illness and is healed. I want to see that. I want to see the dead raised. I want to see blind eyes. Oh, I want to see that. I'm speaking for myself personally. I want to see the walk in the fullness of that. This is what we talk, the visible manifestation. And by the way, in all of this, it's with humility to give all the glory to God, not because of pride. Because the world is broken. There's so much sickness. There's so much evil. There's so much happening. And we are the ones to spread the fragrance of his knowledge everywhere. That's what our responsibility. But how we that were to carry it, if we don't understand our role, then you are also complaining and, yeah, oh, I'm, everything's not working. You're so negative. You're so, you're, we are supposed to be the light and the salt. Why are we losing our sorrow and our taste? If you have lost it, this prayer is like, Lord, please restore. I want to see visible manifestation. In my streets, in my neighborhood, in my places of work, ideas to transform systems, places. This, that's why I'm saying it's not just warm feeling, goosey feeling. It's part of it. But there's more to solve big problems in the world. God is interested in the place, your places of work. I'll tell you something. Do you know that when you I, I think this, there was a slide. Um, if you could put the slide where, where the verses are. The text where the, the, the altars, I mean the, the furnitures in the altar. If you have time, please take a picture, re, go read all those verses. This, and the amount of details that God put in those verses about what he wants, the specification, how detailed God is. You know what blew my mind when I was reading that? That God is so interested in the minutest details of your life and our society. He's so interested. So don't think this is too big, too small. Present your place of work, everything he is interested. And so we want to see the visible manifestation of his presence in all the spaces.